Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for Lady Gaga Oreos. Mm. Experience the taste of Lady Gaga. The essence. They're not a sponsor, but uh, Tyler, if you were to sum up in one sentence why the world needs Lady Gaga Oreos today, how, how would that go? We've tried everything else. <laughs> now, <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Cody, I'll throw this out there, okay? What? My wife's great, great, possibly third great uncle lives in retirement home. Okay. Okay. So he caught a certain virus going around. At the time of recording. HIV. Exactly. Yes. He's in his nine. He's at the age where people are like, he's not dead yet? When you say his name, all right? He's (laughs) that old. So it's a death sentence. Yeah. He was quarantined from the sound of her recounting the tale, which came from him through his nephew. Yes. Uh, It sounds like they just stuck him in a room to die. Mm -hmm. All right? He then... Calls his nephew or great nephew. I don't know. This guy's old. He's like a hundred years old. He's very old. I don't know what level of great he is, but I feel like it changes every time. Point is, he calls him. He says, "Here's what I need. I need Oreos, and I need them now." So that this kicks off an Ocean's no. Eleven esque break in operation where this man has to sneak into a locked down nursing home. With a full package of Oreos stuffed under his shirt. Mm-hmm. I hope they were under his shirt and not somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. All the I know old, is he the got the prison wallet. He got the Oreos into the nursing home. Past people who were supposed to check for this stuff and okay. were actually checking for this stuff. Okay. The old man downs an entire package of Oreos. No. No. And he's fine the next day. Whoa. No. Step back, Pfizer. Step back, Moderna. The new vaccine Oreos. is Oreo. All right, I have to ask for the purpose of science. Are we talking classic Oreo? Just the regular Oreos, it's classic. Okay. Oreo classic. Will are we saying it will cure the coronavirus, or are we saying it can't kill you? I think it was. He, well, he claims it's the cure. All right, all right. Tyler, what movie did we watch? We watched. My, my dinner with Andre. Yeah. It. Nailed it. Nailed it. First try. Yeah. You know, we're in Cody's Corner. Cody's Corner. It's a very yes. Tyler's trash way of how starting this Cody's know, Corner. How do you want to know? I mean, what? Can, here's the, I think this may be the first movie we've done that we <laughs> cannot spoil because the title itself is the spoiler. If you wanted to know about this movie and not have the plot spoiled, it's already done. If you've seen the title card or the poster or whatever or your ticket stub, it's done. You yeah. already know. Yeah. So here's what I'll... Okay. Okay. I'll summarize the movie for us. You ready? I'm ready. He has a dinner <laughs> with Andre. Yep. And they talk... And they eat a little bit. Yeah. That's it. If you want to know why we're watching this movie, I'll just go ahead and tell you. 
Community, which is a television show that I love, references this movie because it references all good things. So I wanted to watch it. I think I've heard of it too, like here and there. Like, you know, it's one of those indie movies. Yeah. And um, this is like the most indie movie I think we've ever watched. Probably. There are four members of the cast and about six extras, and it takes place in one spot. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, no, no. It's very low budget. Street. They're on the street. He walks, in, he walks from the street to the restaurant. He's making Goes his... to the bar, goes to his table, yeah. and then he walks out. <laughs> like, that's it. Yep. All we did. Okay. So, anyway, that's the movie. Tyler, give me your first impressions. Hit me with it. Andre the Giant is not in this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought it was a prequel to uh, The Princess Bride. I thought it you was the Andre... Andre Wallace, or is it his other name? I don't know. Uh, Wallace on. is the name of the, one of the guys, and Andre is the name of one All of right. the guys. All right. So Wallace Shawn plays Wallace Shawn, yeah. who is in The Princess Bride and is in a trio of villains with Andre the Giant, and this is... Not totally related to The Princess Bride. Right. It's not a direct sequel or prequel. Right. It, we know it exists in the same universe for reasons we'll get into later. <clears throat> so what are you saying? Andre the Giant wasn't in it, so what? So you know that Andre the Giant uh, documentary on HBO or whatever? Uh, I've heard of it. That's what I thought this movie was. <laughs> so when you sent me, that's what we were, this is what we're watching? And I looked it up to tell my wife the rating and tell her what it was. That's when I messaged you back that I have th- incorrectly assumed what this movie was. I did not know what it was. I thought it was all about Andre the Giant and his wait, life. Wait, wait, wait. At what point did you realize this was an indie movie about two men having dinner? Um, well, I realized that, you know, when we were watching it. I realized Andre the <laughs> wait, Giant. You came over here thinking this was an Andre the Giant documentary? No, no. I realized it wasn't that. From the, like, immediately after Googling it. When I texted you what we were watching. Exactly, okay. yes. Okay. Right. It's okay. very clearly not Andre the Giant when you Google it. You saw Andre, you saw the name Andre, you saw Wallace Shawn in the cast, and you're like, I know what this is. Yeah. But, yeah, okay, so what? So what? So um, it exceeded or did not meet your, your hopes? It, I, you know, it's got, I've got a lot of opinions about the movie, all right. My wife is fascinated by it, I'll tell you that. Okay. I don't know if she loves it, but she's fascinated, fascinated by, by it. Fascinated by it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you mine. Yeah. I'm actually conflicted as well. This is the kind of movie I should have loved. Yeah. Because it's a quasi-famous indie film. And um, I didn't love a lot of it, but I think the last 30 minutes made me think I kind of like this. Yeah. It may have turned me a little bit. So that's kind of where I'm at. I have more opinions, but I mean, like we said, there's no spoiling this movie. How dare you? So, but that's, those are my thoughts. Is there anything else we should say to set this movie up before we get into, I mean, all the details? Nope. Okay. Then let's go. It's your, is your show, man. I don't know how we're getting... Do I still have to pick where we're, how we're getting there? Yeah, you do. We're going to treat ourselves to a cab because it's an event. It's yes. our time. Yes, it it's is. It's our time down here. We're going to treat ourselves to a taxi, the most luxurious form of getting around. Wonderful. We're here. We've been robbed. 
and left <laughs> in the, and we're here. We took a taxi and got robbed. That's the full New York exactly. experience. That's the whole thing. That's one thing about this movie. It, it takes it's 1981. It always shocks me when I see like the 70s and 80s New York movies. I'm like, man, New York used to be so cool, you uh-huh. know, and dangerous <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. scary. And you're like, yeah, this is a city with some character. It's scary. It's like, you know, it's a scary place. And now I think 30 Rock uses the term the Disneyfication of New York, you know, where like they cleaned up the city and there's like no graffiti anymore. And it's, you know. I want to go to, if I'm going to go to New York, I want to get a slice of pizza and get murdered. <laughs> like That's yeah. the kind of, New, you know, that's, that's Madonna's New York. That's Scorsese's New York, you know? Yeah. And uh, this movie was that New York, except most of it was in a, in a nice restaurant. Yeah. But when they, he steps on the train, like, are they, they're on the subway train, right, at one point? Maybe when he's riding to the restaurant? I think so something and it's just graffiti everywhere i was like this is amazing what a scary scary subway ride to the place you know yeah you were in the subway in new york right no no i've been on the bar in san francisco but i did i hoofed it around new york when i was there oh i yeah so I, i didn't do the subway it i wasn't there long enough to do the subway really i like i thought it was fine i was disappointed there was no you know how there's always like some dude giving like a rousing speech or like a performer like a on youtube yeah. buskin yeah doing their stuff justin bieber's there and then and then uh we we got on the subway and it was a lot of silent people looking at their phones yeah and then you got off the subway and my friend who makes me look very ethnic by comparison because he is so white oh yeah incredibly white was like, check your pockets. Make sure you still got your wallet. And I'm like, no one robbed us, dude. Yeah. We're, you're fine. Everyone takes the subway from what I've heard. Unless you're super rich. Yeah. And then uh, you got uh, like a rickshaw with, uh, you know, a starving artist running you around the city. Yeah. And you whip them. <laughs> yeah. So, first thing about this movie, aside from the, you know, the real New York. Yeah. I thought my speakers were broken or my system was messed up because it started out, no music, it has the title, it has a few credits, and then it goes, anyway, I was like, oh, great. It's it's a bold move because it got me. I was like, there's no music, there's no sound, there's no anything. Then it came on, I was like, all right, we're fine. We did it. So that got me. Um, Spicy nuggets. (laughs) Why? Why would McDonald's make something so much better than the original? Like, how? I guess the question is, how did they make something so much better? They t- it tastes fresher. It has a better, more pleasing texture. Because the original nuggets have, like, almost like a batter, like a beer batter kind of texture or tempura, I guess is the thing that they call it. Which I don't mind tempura, but it's not, like, good tempura. It's, like, a cheap version of tempura or a beer batter. And the spicy nuggets don't have that, and it's, like, better, and the nuggets fresher, the chicken tastes better. How could they make it so much better and then make it so it's, like, not around all the time? Why would they break our hearts like this? Well, because they want you to buy it. They want you to be like me, to, to, just to catch everybody up. I was, I was hungry on my way over here <laughs> and got 40 chicken nuggets. 
because I went to a meeting with somebody who didn't show up for the meeting and then called an hour after the meeting saying if they could call for a meeting. Just calling that guy out right now. Yeah. Anyway, so I got 40 chicken nuggets. A.K.A. Which, the appropriate amount. Which they gave in bags that you get in a Happy Meal. Paper bags filled with nuggets. I was, I was confused. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe they've gotten rid of the boxes entirely. No, no. I'm, hey, when was the last time you got spicy nuggets? When was the last time you got regular nuggets? Uh, Saturday. Saturday was... The- spicy nuggets. <laughs> Hold on. Last Saturday. <laughs> A week ago. All right. Or so you had... You admit you haven't had regular nuggets since you had the spicy nuggets. Right. I'm just saying. Scientifically, it's a possibility. Yeah. But I'm, what I'm also saying is that particular McDonald's always bones me somehow. Okay. It's kind of like how, you know, you know, it's just like there's certain, you know, everybody knows there's certain McDonald's, there's certain Taco Bells, they're a treasure. They're to be beloved and nurtured. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that, you know, maybe you start a kitchen fire and jump out a window and then nobody misses that Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes, you know, the effeminate uh, Hispanic man that made it a treasure disappears, probably uh getting deported or running away from that and your life suffers for months because he's gone now where are you man (laughs) come back to the taco bell yeah come back he's such a sweet man anyway the nugs are good try the spicy nugs if you're on the fence it's like imagine a chick a mcchicken or a hot and spicy that's better and the size of a chicken nugget yeah I don't know what they did. I don't know how they did it. I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they put their nuggets to shame like that. But they did it to themselves. It's like how Tom Brady said to what's his Matthews? Tyron Matthews? Tyron Matthews, I'm coming for you. And then he threw a pass right in front of Matthews Mm -hmm. to one of the receivers. Yeah. And he's like, what? He didn't have to do that. He didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Matthews didn't want him to do it, but he needed to prove that he's the best. That's what this is. This is them. They, McDonald's is Tom Brady. All the other fast foods are Matthews. Yeah. And they're like, we don't need to do this, but we need to put you in your place. That being said. The costumes in this movie. Exactly. I realized why we're watching the movie. First off, I've, Wallace Shawn is wearing a tan jacket. Which I then realized was a corduroy tan jacket. Yeah, it was. With a black tie. Yeah. Which I found offensive. And then in the next scene, next scene, like a minute later, I realized, oh, wait, I have that exact same jacket. Ah. Um, also, I have a sweater very similar to Andre's sweater. Anyway, basically, I have the wardrobe of this movie yeah. in my closet right now. So that's fun. Yeah. I this movie starts with a voiceover of Wallace Shawn being like, I'm meeting my friend Andre. I sure don't want to. He sucks, but I'm doing it. I have to do it. It's all voiceover. I love voiceover. And I'm sad that it's out of fashion. I think voiceover is delightful. And um you know, I miss it. I miss it dearly. I think it's just because I grew up watching Scrubs. But I like it. There are a lot of movies I really like that have a voiceover but i think it's just not fashionable so people hear voiceover and they're like yeah no this movie's weak or lame or i don't like it you know yeah you know what i'm saying 
I know exactly what you're saying. Thank you. Can I throw this fact at you real quick? Yeah. My dinner with Andre is said twice on the poster for the film. The title of the film is twice is mentioned twice. How so? It says it in the top right corner, and it says in the bottom left corner. You gotta get you gotta get it out there. You gotta put it out there. It's just People a train wreck of a film, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's all right. Oh. Can we talk about? They sit down at the restaurant. Can we talk about? Sit down. Got their menus. How huge was the font of those menus? Did you notice that? Is that just me? Are you just used to like the Cheesecake Factory-esque menus that... Cody, you've come to the Midwest where they got to offer you a billion choices and all of them are over 10,000 calories, okay? Okay, here's what I'm thinking. You go to a super fancy restaurant, what do they have? A big menu with very small, fine writing and then they don't put like dollar signs or cents by the dishes. It's like 34 that means $34 in case you don't know. Yeah. That's what I was... And instead, it was like if I was eight years old and designed a menu for like a fancy restaurant, you know, I would have picked like a fun font. A Comic Sans. And made it too big. Yeah, that's what it looked like. What's that about? Comic Sans was all the rage in the 80s. Uh, remember the sand one? Remember sand? That's fun. It's the wavy one. It's wavy. Wavy. Like a wave on the sand. It's fun. I want to let Cody, here's a side note. Let's start a restaurant and let's put our menu exclusively in, what, what are they, wingdings? Wing, wing, <laughs> the stupid little symbol thing. Yeah, the symbols that like two people in the world can actually read and yeah. nobody else can. There we go. Yeah. Be so cool. So you just got a point. You we can get, make everybody feel dumb, like a dumb foreigner. Yeah. You would get like a TikToker like explaining how to interpret the menu, then people get really popular and blow up. Yeah. That's how you do it. You got to memeify your restaurant and its menu. So the whole movie is them sitting down talking. Yeah. I'm not spoiling anything. That's the movie. Yeah. Let me say something about this. Well, we're in the spoiler territory. Let me say something about this. No. Number one, the people who wrote this movie... Their names are Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory. Yeah. In other words, it's the two actors that sit down for two hours and have a conversation. That's their script. That's their names. It's their character names. And just before you think, oh, they're playing themselves. Nope. They're playing characters with the same names as themselves. All right? That's how a hoity-toity this movie is. All right? It's like it's flipping you off. Like it's like, look, you paid for a ticket for this, idiot. That's what it's doing. I love it. Yeah. I love that about this movie. Yeah. What's their deal? I don't know. Andre went crazy, and then they're like, we could make money off of this. Yeah. This movie is on the Criterion Collection. Spine 479. I don't know what that means. Do you? No. That's what I thought. We have a show about this stuff. Nobody knows what it is. Is there a book? And on the spine it says 479? Is it the 479th movie in the Criterion Collection? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm... How many movies... I've heard of so many movies in the Criterion Collection. Like, I've heard of about 2% of them. And I have a movie podcast. And I've seen many movies. All right? 
Criterion Collection is out here. They're wildin'. So, anyway, they wrote this movie themselves, super low budget. It's, it's real, it's raw, it's New York. The waiter was a Soviet, right? Can we all agree on that? He is a sleeper agent. Yeah, probably. Very stern. Did not say much at all. So that's cool. Well, this is like the 80th time he's had to sit through this same conversation. And he's just like, oh, gosh. There was a point in this movie where I was like, is this a one is this Is this just one take? Did they just memorize the whole conversation and go? You know? Because it seemed like that. But then they start changing angles. But they hold some long shots of them talking. Yeah. I don't think it was a one Here's my question to you, right? So my my wife, she started watching all kinds of like documentary interviews and stuff with these guys about like how they had like he went and did all this stuff, Andre. They had the similar conversation and they're like, "What's right a thing about it?" Yeah. So they had this this conversation that's different because I think they made him sound more crazy. Yeah. For the movie, kind of dial it up. They took all the action-packed nonsense of their real conversation and dialed it up to two. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. And But they're talking about this, and I was like, I was sitting there listening, and it's Andre just, I can hear him talking. I'm like, are you watching the movie again? She's like, no, it's an interview. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Just how he talks. Yeah, it just sounds exactly the same. Like she's just watching the movie again. Oh my god! But then, like, when it got a the guy brought him this script or something, you know, and he's like, "Oh yeah, let's do it." But I don't want to do any reenactments or anything. Let's just keep it with us talking in the thing. I'm like, I hate you. I hate everything about you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he did these amazing changes. Like, like we stayed in a castle and we'd eat on this big stone slab and do this, and he would change it as. We ate on this big stone slab, and there was a castle. Just amazing changes like that. And I'm like, I hate, I hate you. But so the way the script was written, you ready for this? Did you yeah. look at the? Did you no, there were stuff? very few like trivia facts about this movie. Okay, so <laughs> this is how they wrote the script. So the guy would sit down, his little tape recorder, and tell him to tell him about like tell Andre, talk to me. And record sometimes up to eight hours of just nonstop audio of this guy yeah. talking. Yeah. And take all that and condense it down into like a sentence of the script. Oh my God. And he's like, there's an amazing, he's talking to the interview. He's like, there's an amazing, just a beautiful audio tape. Just amazing. I'll br- like the same thing he's doing in the movie. I'll bring it to you. It's something like eight and a half, nine, 12 hours long. And I'm like, how long? What? Like everything you said just breeds more questions. Yeah. You're like, you told me a fact, and now I have four more questions about that fact. Each question breeds more questions. So that's the whole thing about that. Like, I even, yeah, the first long while this movie is just, it's just Wallace being like, oh, so tell me about that. And then Andre's like, oh, all right, I'll tell you about that. And then like 20 minutes go by, he's like, what does that mean? All right, well, I'll tell you about that in 20 more minutes. That's the first hour of this movie. And um, yeah. here's, okay, here's my take on the movie. It's like, like this might as well have been shot where they're two 20-year-olds that just smoked a bunch of weed and it's two in the morning 
Friday night in a college dorm and they're wearing like those poncho thingies having their deep conversations that like switch between sounding kind of profound and interesting to like stupid, you know, you're like, wait 10 years, you'll think you were an idiot for saying any of that. So that's, this movie could just be that. Like they could remake this movie today. (laughs) Yeah. With just that. With just that, where it's like, all right, you're going to say the same lines. We'll throw in some more modern lingo and you're high and a college student. Yeah. It was had that woke sort of aspect of, you know, open up your mind and that universal education and, you know, yeah, whatever. So I just, you know, I just want to, I want, I want to take a moment and just shout out to Wallace Shawn. Okay. Because, so we sat through this film. Yeah. And we endured it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is, let me, so the, the, the events were Wallace Sean got roped into a dinner with his friend Andre that he didn't want to go to. Yeah. Went to it. Got fed this insane story. Yeah. Thought, this is amazing. I'm going to write a story about this. Then Andre finds out about it. Offer says, hey, I can help you write the script for it. Huh? And then gets subjected to several hundred more hours of details (laughs) in order to flesh out the script. Yes. But it sounds like mostly what he did was I'm gonna try to make it sound more fairy tale like and let and I'm gonna cut out all the times he's like and then we all sat around and did this drug and then someone came out with this drug and we did that yeah yeah I mean that checks out I I also you know when he was telling about him being in Poland Poland that whole thing I just as they kept going I was like oh. So Andre made a cult. <laughs> like, exactly. He created his own cult for like a summer. I was like, that's cool. I'll go back. And then he yeah. just like left, you know? Yeah. It's like he joined and created a bunch of cults. Now, here's my thing, Cody. What if I told you I have an inn on a Polish castle in the countryside? I know a guy that can get us access to his castle in the Polish countryside. I have one question for you. Is there a large rock slab we can use as a table? I would be shocked if there's not. If there's not, he can get us one. <sighs> yes. Of course. Of course my answer is yes. There are horses too, so we can there can be, there's that. If that does that make it better or worse? It makes it exactly the same. <laughs> I, yeah, I I wrote down, I'm 80% sure none of these stories are true. Oh, they're all which true. Which I've now been proven wrong. Yeah. They're all true. But it's one of those, you know, I don't know. I was a missionary at one point. I spent two years talking to all sorts of random people about religion. And as you can imagine, I've sat in many a living room and heard spiels of just nonsense from people. Yeah. People from the United States people from other countries, just amazing. And it reminded me of those, you know, yeah, I've had this conversation before about 14 times, you know, or someone's explaining their beliefs and their ideas. And you're like, man, this is going to go on for an hour. You know, you've, I've asked two questions. It's been an hour. I'm, I must leave. I must get out of this scenario and into another scenario or something. So in that way, I did have like a flashback. (laughs) <laughs> I also wrote like Andre is like woke AF. 
or he's like a QAnon like conspiracy <laughs> theorist. It's one or the other. I'm not sure which. Um, this movie is billed as a comedy. I know. I saw and that. that no what? way. Unless what? you're supposed to be laughing at how ridiculous these things are, but like I sympathize so much with Wallace for just sitting there like listening to all this stuff. So it was not funny to me. There was one very funny moment though, I thought. So when they're talking about how miserable everything is and how it's terrible, and I say I'm fine, but of course everything's going wrong, and I'm stressed, and this and that. And the waiter comes by, is like, "How's everything?" They're like, "Great." <laughs> I was like, "That's hilarious. I loved that." Aside from that, there weren't a lot of like hard comedic. Mo- it was just like two deep thinkers. I mean, they're just thinking, listening to the dude, and then in the last like 30, 40 minutes of the movie, when Wallace like pushes back and like they go back and forth, I'm like, "This part I really like of the movie." Yeah. When you get both perspectives instead of just hearing Andre like going on and on about like these stories that don't seem to end. So I liked that part of the movie a lot. The first hour and a half was okay. But it was, you know, you get you you've been to college, you know that professor that can just kind of go on on one subject forever until the period ends and then doesn't dismiss you and then keeps going, you know, like one of those. So that's what it was like, which is hard at times. But it was it you know, I liked the last bit, the last leg of the movie. But wouldn't you say the movie itself is a type of the journey he went on, where you go on this seemingly never-ending trail, and then after the struggle and the hardships, that last little bit's what it was all for. I doubt that very much, but I do <laughs> admire... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's what I... Okay, let's just get into the end, and then I'll tell you all my fun little details I took notes about. Okay. The rest of them. So the end, you know, Andre goes on this whole thing. is like, this is what it is, blah, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Even Andre's kind of like lost. He's kind of wandering about. That's like his whole last few years then, right? He's like, I went to this, and I was like, ah, that sucks. I'm going to go to this. And I'm like, ah, then I thought about marriage. Like, ah, I don't know. So I guess I'll go back. And, like, and then I live with a Buddhist, a Buddhist monk for, you know... For six months, and then uh, my kids are like, but he was doing st- weird stuff. I'm like, you, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you invited a stranger. Into your- anyway, that's his whole thing. Yeah. And then Wallace is like, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> like, you're saying this, and this means this, and I, I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. I think that's all super dumb. I just want to sit at home with Debbie and my electric blanket and check things off my list and enjoy my time at home when I have it. You know, like, and they go back and forth. And at the very end, he's like, oh, my goodness, the restaurant's cleared out. People have been gone, and, and we he paid the check, and I left. And and uh, I, know, I was excited to tell Debbie about my dinner with Andre. <laughs> like, that's the end of the movie. I was like, I don't know. I guess, in a way, they were both in their own ruts. And maybe hearing each other's perspectives helped them think about life a little differently without, like, totally changing what they wanted to be or who they wanted to be. But maybe it made them a little bit more... It broke them out of their rut. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe? Because, yeah, I mean, because you got, what's that? You got Andre, who's like that that hippie friend that, you know, you went to high school with. You both went off to college. You're both home for the holiday. Yeah. And he's wearing like sunglasses inside and the tie dye shirt. And he's like, you're having like a Coke. And he's like, I can't, I don't know how you drink that stuff, man. Yeah. The corporate brainwashing dude. And you're like, so your brain's ruined now, right? Yeah. Like you get, you're not coming back from this one at this point, are you? And he's like, yeah, dude. And everybody's like, so wise. And you're like, he ate 
dirt <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I, I have that friend for sure. We made like short films together in high school. He went off here from college. I did too. We hooked up a couple of things. It was like movies. So like one or two of like the movies I might make you watch. I've seen with him, you know, and he did, he did like film studies and, or, you know, filmmaking for his degree. But, you know, he like went off and was like, oh yeah, I'm vegan now. And also I hiked the entire Pacific Rim Trail, which goes from like Southern California to like Washington, you know, just like hiked up all, you know. I was like, yeah, I did that for like, you know, two months. You're like, what? You're like, yeah, you go, and then you have to hitchhike for like two or three miles to get from one part of the trail to the next, and then you just keep going. I saw a bear. He was totally chill. People freak out. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, anyway, cool dude. Last I heard, he was going to Korea to speak to teach English. Nice. So I haven't heard from him since. So he's I'm dead. sure he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> two very different viewpoints on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. I feel you. So, I don't know. I did like the last, like, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's just hard to listen to someone talk for that long. And that was so much of the movie was Andre just going. Yeah. Just going on. Well, here's the thing. So, this is my opinion. When I, I told you, I said, I have thoughts on the film yes. when I left. This is my thought. I think he didn't do any of this stuff. I think he says he did. I think he stayed at home for a year, did nothing, and read Ayn Rand stuff and said, what if mm. I did this but not uh, right-wing stuff? Yeah. It did it with left-wing stuff. Which, as you know, is a cult. Yeah. <laughs> if you do if you do the stuff they do in Atlas Shrugged, where they go into the mountains and form a community, and you're not like a bunch of billionaires, that's a cult. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of poor hippies. Yeah. So that's your thoughts. Uh, yeah. That's what it Summed sounded. Up. Ninety percent of what he said is stuff that's. Said. Here's the thing: if you took Atlas Shrugged and you just took out of all the whole the horny old lady writing stuff, mm-hmm. which there is a lot of it, and they do not prepare you for that. When I've people, never even heard of it, but I know several people that have read the book. <laughs> there's so much horny old lady stuff. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey for, you know, I don't know, capitalist, capitalist. There you go. There you go. Uh, you know, and then you get past that. You took all that out and made it, uh, you know, put some more drugs in there. 20% more drugs. Yeah. There you go. You've got, that's the formula. And then name a metal after somebody and then be like, call miracle metal. So, yeah. I mean, that's the movie. I thought the twist ending was going to be, Wallace is always talking about Debbie, who's his girlfriend. They live together and, uh, you know. I thought the twist ending was going to be like Debbie is his cat. <laughs> like that's that's what I was prepared for. Is like I just want to go home with Debbie and you know and, you know it's him petting his cat, telling Debbie about the dinner. That's what I was expecting. Oh, you know he never makes it home. We never see him enter his house. So I'll, that theory could still prove true. Oh, speaking of which, Cody, this is just more of the you know stuff from the. Also, I only heard her watch part one of a four-part documentary series. About this movie? About this movie. That's, yeah, no, that's incredible. So the first draft of this was, so it was like they wrote some, which is like super long, but it's not really a draft of the screenplay. The first draft was four hours, and then they gave it over to people that just threw most of it out. They came back with a three-hour script, and then they got it down to two and a half hours. There you go. 
But it was going to be three, like three or three and a half hours. Man. And they were like, it's too long. One Lord of the Rings movie long, except it's all at one table. Yeah, except it's all just back and forth. Man. One conversation between two men, two titans of the industry. I, uh, yeah. Wallace, as much as I love him, he chews weird. All right. Yeah. I had to watch him eat a that. lot of soup. He does the mouth thing where, like, instead of just his mouth opening and closing, it, like, you know, his lips curl forward and purse out. And you're like, well, how are you? Yeah. What are you eating that is requiring you he to kinda, do that? Like, puckers all of his lips. He was up. eating like a potato leek soup. Yeah. And there's so much puckering. And I, yeah, it's a circ. It's a circular chewing instead of an up and down linear. It's a circular chewing motion. Yeah, but he's not chewing anything because it's a soup, and so it's just like all this lip movement for no reason. So yeah, it's a lot of lip movement, a lot of wet mouth sounds. You know, it's just like <sighs> man. Yeah, so that so that was the thing. Also, here's the thing: if you if you were making a movie, like if we were gonna make a movie ten years from now about the meteoric rise of opinion havers. Would you want to have you and me be in it sitting here, or would you? I'd be like, all right, so we're getting Chris Hemsworth to You're, play. I think Cody. Henry Cavill would play you, yeah, and, and I think Ryan Gosling would play me. Oh, you're going Ryan? That's good. That's better. He could pull because he's wear, worn that exact sweater in a movie. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure he wore this outfit in Lars and the Real Girl. I'm a hundred percent what I'm wearing right now. Yeah. So anyway, I think that would be the pairing. You've got yeah. the blonde boy, you've got the dark haired boy, and they, you know, they form a a, a coalition of sorts, mm-hmm. a treaty, um, a cult. Some would say, yeah, a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who's out here? I mean, to be fair, I think it was was it both of their first movies, and so it was. You know, I think that was a thing is they were both breaking in. Like, we both wrote or both can act it out. It's based on ourselves, but we aren't playing ourselves. But it is based very much on ourselves. And it's a way to do it. It's yeah. not how you or I would do it. I need, what I need is the money without people recognizing my face and wanting things from me. Exactly. Which is why we're podcasting. You don't yeah. know what I look like, but I still would take a lot of money from you. Yeah. Not that we do, but I would. If you're offering money, I want it, but I don't want you to. You know, you know, like when someone wins the lottery and there's the picture of them with their face blurred out, or like you know they're like covering their face. They're like, yeah, none of you can know who I am. I'm doing that. That's like you know, most people burn through their lottery money. They waste it. Their life still goes terribly. Right. Then there's that one dude who's like, yeah, no, I don't know any of y'all anymore. <laughs> You don't know my face looks like I'm out. That's the person that makes it out. You know, that's the person that does it right. Yeah. The bartender is the real hero of this movie. So you got the waiter, you got the bartender, you got Wallace and Andre. There was a point early in the movie where the bartender was just in the back, standing at the bar, very still, just being a bartender. And I was like, oh no, he's going to have to stand there for the next two hours and i re my folk i was listening to the audio but i was paying attention to the bartender after about 10 minutes the shot changes bartender goes into it but i was like he's got to tend the bar he's in the shot (laughs) just just him now that's his life they did cut away but i really enjoyed that part of the movie (laughs) 
I was it's that too. kind of nuance that makes a great film, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you can just stand and look at an extra in the background, you know, and just be like, wow, look at the performance he's given. He's not cracking a smile. He's not looking at the camera. He's just being. He has become a bartender, you know? I like to think they just showed up to a restaurant Oh, with cameras and say, we're going to film something here, by the way. I wish that's what happened. Here's what happened. There was an abandoned hotel, and they were like, this would be very cheap to shoot at. So they rolled up. They did not have enough money to pay for the heating or anything. So it was the winter in New York in an abandoned hotel <laughs> that they made look like a real restaurant. Nice. So everybody wore long underwear <laughs> to make it through this shoot. Uh, so that's how they did it. It was very cold. They all wore long johns. I'm assuming the same pair of long johns. I can't, did not confirm that. He's passed They around. shared it. Passed it around. You get it for 30 minutes, then I get it, then the waiter gets it, then the bartender gets it, then you get it, then I get it, and the waiter gets it, the bartender keeps going. That's why they just change the shot periodically. Exactly. It's like it passed off. Now, here's my question to you. Did you notice or did you feel like the... Uh, script was just sitting on the table in front of them and they were just staring down at it reading off of it because if that's allowed i can be an actor <laughs> like if you could just set the script on a table in front of you and read it i'll do it i mean as far as acting goes it is a pretty you know we've all sat at dinner and had a conversation so if there's one thing if there's one scene i think anybody could be in it would be that like lowest <laughs> demand except you know yeah, long monologue, but to your point, if I got the script there on the table, you know, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I could sit there and listen to you tell me things. My I can act. That's the level of acting I think most people can do. But my point is, right, so Andre, like, stared at Wallace yeah. and would, like, flick his eyes down to where the script obviously was. Uh-huh. Wallace stared at the script. Stop. <laughs> And he, like, did it the kind of way, like, he didn't, like, do it like, oh, I'm just kind of, like, looking around, gaze it. He did it, like, the way if you have a book, like, you got, like, your elbow up and you move your arm out of the way. And you're like, yes, and I'm reading this thing off of the table. You know, this I isn't the Criterion collection. I was a little bit distracted by the bartender this is to be noticing. I don't know. I didn't get that vibe. But you're forgetting. They had this conversation. All right. <laughs> Which he cut several hours out of. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remind you. That's true. I, they also never thanked the waiter. Hardly at all. Because they're from New York. You gotta thank your waiters. Be nice to them. Yeah. But you he know? worked with people from New York. You know. Yeah, I know some New Yorkers. Did they ever thank you? Once. <laughs> <laughs> Was it on accident? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I have a note. I need you to help me understand what it means. Children pushing parts out of windows. Parents. Oh, what was that? I don't know. Because he just, yeah, he just was like, yeah, and then you're pushing your parents out the window or something. <laughs> and I, you were like, what? And I was you like, know, that thought we've all had or the thing we're all worried about. Yeah, that was wild. I also wrote there in the Matrix. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but that's what I wrote. I don't know in what context. I just know they are. Here's the thing. Here's what I found very <laughs> considered about this film. 
when that happened, I wanted to say something to you, but this movie gave no... Usually there's like an opening where we can do a witty remark back and forth. Mm. No pause in the dialogue of this film. Yeah. Which is probably good considering it is only dialogue. It No, I mean, it goes and at a very moderate pace does not stop. You know, some movies... If they build momentum and there's changes and, you know, and things happen, it slows down, but then it speeds back up. This one's just like, you know, like the caboose at the mall, the little train that the kids, you pay $3 and the kids sit on it and it goes in a loop three times and they get off. Yeah. That was this movie, you know? It was like, I can tell this is going about as fast as I could walk. <laughs> you know, that, that's the pace. They also, they talked about, it being very Orwellian, you know? I was like, yeah. It made me think uh, that was the thing everyone was saying when Donald Trump got blocked on Twitter. They are like, we're living in Orwellian nightmare, you know? And here they were talking about Orwellian, being in an Orwellian nightmare. George, you know, we're all in the wet dream of George Orwell. Am I right? You're right. Thank you. Thank you. I did write this, like... I guess nothing has changed. Like, everything they were talking about, they talked about George Orwell, they talked about this and that, and, like, how awful people are, and blah, 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 and self-obsessed. And I was like, oh, all this stuff has only gotten more relevant with, like, social media and, you know, everyone getting more compartmentalized and self-absorbed in their work, you know? I did think in that, I was like, oh, people were always talking about this kind of stuff. It's just, you know, we can blame it on technology now instead of back then when there's, like, people am i right yeah now it's like technology am i right yeah i like the uh because it, it kind of reminds me of the picture where you know it's like you had your grandparents being like oh these kids and their phones you never when's the last time you ever just sat at a bus stop and talked to somebody and then there's like the shot of everybody waiting for the train back in the day and they're all just reading the newspaper not saying a darn word to each oh, other yeah it's oh, like somebody yeah. get murdered next to you and it's like but i'm reading the finance section yeah and now it's like I'm scrolling through Twitter, but you're doing the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, and they're like, back in my day, back in your day, they did the same thing, Grandpa. You just couldn't do it with the lights off. <laughs> you did other things with the lights off. That's uh. why there's 17 uncles and aunts. Yes. Right? How about, okay, we talked about Princess Bride. I'm going to wrap it all together. Oh, do it. Wallace. Gregory, Wallace, Sean. There you go. There's too many. First, Andre, Gregory, Wallace, Sean. Those are the Andre, just, Gregory, and Wallace. Sean. It's, just it's all a, names, all first names. Okay. First names. Wallace, Sean says the word inconceivable, yeah. which made, I think, watching this whole movie worth it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> this movie takes place five years before Princess Bride. And that's what he's famous for saying in The Princess Bride, you know? It's inconceivable. So what I'm saying is this movie, Princess Bride, is a prequel to this movie. Yeah. So in case you didn't know that, now you do. Yeah. And Andre becomes Andre the Giant. Ah, yes. He's old, so he shrunk down. You know, old people go smaller as they get older. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I already talked about the waiter, but I wrote uh, he might be... A walking skeleton. <laughs> you know? Just a skeleton with a skin suit hobbling was, around. I I am convinced that the reason he looked and acted the way he did is because this is 
the restaurant Andre brings people to trap them into this conversation. So yeah. this poor waiter has overheard this same conversation, and he's like, I know you guys are going to sit here. You're going to order a cheap meal, and you're not going to tip well, and you're going to hog this table up for the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know, waiter, waiter at a fancy restaurant, they can make bank. Yeah, that's true. I've seen it. I've been to a fancy restaurant or two in my day. Yeah. Um, Andre Gregory's wife's name is Chiquita, which leads me to believe that she is a banana. (laughs) (laughs) Andre's wife is a banana. And I think Wallace's girlfriend is a kitty cat. Okay. And they're living in a fantasy world. And this, you know, they're talking about Chiquita and Debbie, but it's a banana and a kitty cat, and they are two grown men living in a fantasy world. So that's my hot take on this movie. You heard him. You heard him mention Chiquita like four different times. Yeah. Chiquita is, in fact, a real woman's name. Her nickname, I should say, and she's a documentary filmmaker, and they reference several of her movies during their woke talk. Anyway, she's a banana. Chiquita. You know, Chiquita Bananas, they got the sticker, they got the lady with the bananas on her head. Yeah. Chiquita. Banana. Yeah. It's just two guys in their uh, padded room at the insane asylum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they've got their mashed potatoes and peas on a tray, (laughs) and they're in the mess hall talking about stuff. That's what this movie really is. I told you they're in the Matrix. They just think that they're at a fancy restaurant. Okay, they are not. Yeah. Are they going to wake up? You know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying from their Orwellian Ayn Rand, you know, fantastical but the, bubble. The reason why I did that, I thought it was funny so much of the, what he said was like, I sounded like he was quoting one of her books, was because she's famously hated by people who are this woke. Yeah. But they say the same stuff that she says. But she's like, there's, but she puts it in black and white as like people who, makers and takers or something is I think what she says. And they're like, they're just like people who woke and people who are asleep. And then only people who are awake, we just make everything. And then the people who are asleep, they just take everything from us. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you guys are saying the same stuff, but you oh, hate yeah. each other for saying it. John Oliver does a really funny piece about Ayn Rand. Because it's like, the only book of hers anyone talks about is Atlas Shrugged, which is like a case for capitalism, right? Like pure capitalism. that's why people like it. Conservatives like it. Yeah, which some people take it super literally when it's supposed to be like a, like this is a mm, way over the top dramatization of what it should be. And then, because the other, the thing that they talk about in that, in John Oliver's show is like, yeah, so conservatives hold her up as like this, you know, like the Milton Friedman of of fiction writers, you know? And it's like, except she was like a super, you know, she's not a conservative. She was like a libertarian with like some crazy, weird, hippie beliefs of her own. She was like a leftist in her own way, except, yeah. she, you know, you're like, if you read her other books and look at her lifestyle, like, you know, it's like, she's not a conservative, she's a libertarian. And she's like, you know... Which yeah. is like a weird cross section of someone who's like super liberal, but also ties in with a lot of what conservatives, you know, you're just like, oh, she's all over the map. We just took this one book of hers and are like, see, 
she believes all this stuff. Like this is what this is what this is her in a book. And you're like, eh, not quite. Yeah. Kind of like Andre Gregory. You look at him and you think, sure, he's a drama teacher and he has. He has a cult in the Polish woods for Jewish uh, actors and actresses. And not really. He's actually a man whose best friend is a Buddhist who helps raise his children. And we went out. Was that the same? Did he eat sand with that guy or a different guy? <laughs> oh, that was. Yeah. So they went to the desert. They were in the dunes of the desert in Africa. Yeah, he went to the Sahara. The Sahara, place. yes, and they ate dirt together. They ate sand, not dirt. They ate sand together. The hippie friend from college is eating dirt. They're eating sand. They're eating sand. So one is dirt, and one is glass. What crystals. I'm saying is, in our own special way, we're all Ayn Rand. Yeah, but she did go insane. We've I all, think she was a Nazi. We've all fallen in love with a banana, or a kitty cat. <laughs> a banana. <laughs> so. That's the movie in a nutshell. I really liked the last 30 minutes of it. And the first hour and a half were interesting, certainly. Um, and uh, I don't, I can't tell if I'd recommend this movie. Where are you at? Where, I, where are you at? I like it more than the Atlas Shrugged movies. <laughs> I've not seen them. They're okay. Isn't the Atlas Shrugged like famously super long? Like there's like 200 page, page of like exposition just to get you started where it's like, yeah. here's who everyone is. Now you got 800 more pages to see what they do. Yeah. That's what I've heard. And 600 of those pages are all about uh, how horny old lady she, she is. All right. She, she's the Randy Charles Dickens of libertarians. Exactly. All right? And that's what she is. I just need people. I need someone to be prepared going into it because I was not. And then she's like, and his hands moved up her body. And I was like, what is happening right now? Capitalism. That's what's Capital- happening. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh yes what else is there to say about my dinner with andre it's you know i understand why it's something like i bet it's a lot like citizen kane where at the time you know a movie that relied solely on dialogue and back and forth like this was probably a huge risk and it was a surprise that it did really well and it was such a big change from what they were watching at the time right and now watching it, you're like, well, this could have been a 30-minute episode of a TV show. Yeah. Like, yeah. in its modern form, Quentin Tarantino's like, hey, look, here's a 17-minute scene at a table. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the rest of the movie. Whereas this is, how about two hours at a table? How does that strike you, you know? Yeah. So it's the kind of thing that changed everything and is viewed highly for that, but isn't necessarily a good Looking movie back, now. you're like, oh, this advanced the genre, and now the genre is so advanced, this is just a piece of history. You know, it's not, it's not the, it doesn't, hasn't aged like a fine wine, but we appreciate it for what it's done Yeah. to the process and the, you know, what we, how it is. Mm. Yeah. Nailed it. I got nothing else to say. I'm just wondering, I'm just, I want to be clear. I want to know when we're going to this Polish castle because I do have a guy that does own a castle. <laughs> I've got a Poland. castle guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you want to know more details? Yes, he is my brother-in-law's boyfriend. He is married. He is in it's his seventies. That guy? Yes, he's right. Polish. We he better, has a castle. We better hook up with this guy before uh, before it's too late. Let me run down the facts. He's Polish. He has a castle. He breeds horses for a living. And his family has for like, I don't know, 150 years or something. What more do you need to know? 
I'm but I'm I'm sold. All right. As soon as I get my my vaccination, we're going. I say we hop on a a shanty and we sail on over. You know. Yeah. He's all, he has invited us. All right. So you know. Let's make it happen. Thank you for listening. Oh wait, hold on. Would you recommend this movie? I would recommend it to if if uh, any more other hipster friends, you know. I would recommend the last forty minutes of this movie. I'd recommend Watch listening the to first it like a podcast. Five minutes. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. This movie is basically a podcast, isn't it? Yeah. This movie is the first podcast. That's what it is. All right, nailed it. Thank you for listening. You can uh, find us and share us places. We're opinion havers. You know where places? Else? What we're on? Right now, yeah. the newest thing what's, to join the party. The Verbal. Verbal. Who is a graphic designer with too much time on their hands? Give if that's the, the case, I can get you an opportunity with Verbal. All right. Verbal the gerbil. Tweet me at Opinion Havers. Find us on Facebook at Opinion Havers because I don't want to do it or have to learn how to do it or get the technology to do it. So if you graphic design and want an end, you just tell me. You tell me. Please. Yeah. Verbal the gerbil. Verbal, hashtag verbal the gerbil. Thank you for listening. And until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. This boysenberry blast just blasted right through me. It's a blast. It's a blast. I blast. I'm about, I'm about to blast off, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah.